This week on the Recruitment Flex, Serge was right. My favorite sentence. As predicted last week, Veritone acquires Broadbean from CareerBuilder. StatsCan says there's no labor shortage, just a skills mismatch and bad recruiting. We also dig into the underworld of fake Glassdoor reviews and breaking news that did not make the show as it was announced after recording, but ZipRecruiter has laid off 20% of its workforce, signaling more bad news for the industry. The recruitment flex starts after this message from our new partner, VanHack. Hey there, Shelly. Have you heard about VanHack? Oh, you mean the HR tech sensation that's taking the recruitment world by storm? That's the one. VanHack is revolutionizing how companies find top talent globally. Imagine connecting with skilled professionals from all around the world without the hassle. Absolutely. VanHack has a great team and seamless technology where recruiters and companies can discover talent with ease. And they have a talent pool specifically curated for tech professionals. Tech savvy and globally connected, just what every company needs. VanHack offers tailored solutions for companies of all sizes, from startups to Fortune 500 giants. So if you're ready to take your recruitment game to the next level, join VanHack today. Yeah, visit VanHack and unlock a world of talent right at your fingertips. VanHack.com, where global recruitment meets simplicity. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Bonjour and welcome to the Recruitment Flex. Shelly, last week was your birthday. How was your birthday? It was great. And thank you so much for the lovely gift that you sent me. It was probably one of the best gifts I could have asked for. So thank you very much. That was very sweet of you. So I know you're being very sarcastic because no, I, I'm not. Did, I did I not. I know what say, you did. What did I do? What did I do? I need to know. You told Chad and Cheese it was my birthday and they did a really funny shout out on their show because I know they don't know what day is my birthday. I know they don't. No, it wasn't me. If you've registered for anything on Chad and Cheese, they have your birthday. Put my birthday in. It's your birthday on Facebook. Nope. I don't have it on Facebook either. I don't. I don't. So I thought you gave them the little, oh, do a little shout out for Shelly. It was really cute. It was really cute because my birthday is the day before Chad's and then Joel's birthday is the day after Chad's. So the three of us were the trifecta of birthdays. Well, I think they must have known because no, it wasn't me. Shelly, you'll soon realize to expect gifts from me is probably something that won't happen. I don't want presents. Doing okay. something like that for me is a better gift. Okay, well, then I did that. I okay. did that. <laughs> so shout out to me. Yes. Yeah, um, thank I you, sir. That ahead. was really cute. Really cute but to hear. You had a good birthday, Shelly? I did. I did. You know, you've reached a point in life when your kids pay for dinner. Take me out for dinner and pay for dinner. It was a really cool restaurant called Pat and Betty just down on First Street Southeast. Uh, such good food. Oh my goodness. It was awesome. And good wine too. That's a big milestone for you. Is this the first time they've ever done this? Yes. Yes, it is. So you... it was very special. And they made all the arrangements and Chandler drove so I could 
have more than one glass of wine. But hey, there was a big election here in Alberta. Did you vote? Of course I voted. And so obviously we have, I guess, the same government that we had before. I won't share my political views on it, except one thing. We talked about probably six months ago that I was going to run for City Council. I've changed my mind. I'm going into provincial politics. I'm skipping local and I'm going provincial. The next step is federal. Very disappointed in the candidates that ran in my local district. And I think I can do a whole lot better. So did you know that you can protest the fact that you don't think there's any good candidates? You still go to the ballot and register, but it's called a spoiled ballot. It's a way of protesting that you don't think there's anyone good to vote for. And it actually happens. Like there's thousands of people who will actually go to the voting poll and intentionally not vote for anyone. Interesting. I always ask my wife, like, what are you voting? Because if we're voting opposite ways, let's just not bother because we're just going to cancel each other's vote. Because my father-in-law always checks what my mother-in-law will vote and purposely votes the other way just to cancel her vote out, which I think is hilarious. After you've been married for 60 years, just trying to pick a little bit at them, I think is a lot of fun. Hopefully when I'm married at 60 years, I can do the same. I did want to share some unfortunate news, Shelley. So you've been aware of the very large fires that have been happening in Alberta. Unfortunately, last Sunday in Halifax, there was a major fire right outside the city, actually affecting areas where my wife grew up in Hammonds Plain, Nova Scotia, and and still pretty desperate. We're talking about 16,000 homes being evacuated. They've lost over 150 structures. And Halifax, not that big, but you're still talking three to 400,000, I think, in the Halifax region. Everyone knows someone that's been affected by this fire. And the last thing I want to do right now is promote anything for Halifax that seems self-serving. So we've decided to delay Disrupt Mm -hmm. HR in Halifax to September 16. We'll have more details, but I think it's the right thing to do. We're all hoping that by the weekend, the fires will be contained or at least control. Really sad to see what's happening and we're hoping for the best there. Yeah, I know it's it's the right decision, Serge. It is. Because using resources like hotels, I don't even know where 16,000 people would be staying other than Leah's house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's going to set up a, an encampment there on her farm. And I know she would. Like you laughed, but I'm serious. I think that is exactly the type of thing that Leah would do is come on over. We've got tents or whatever needs to happen to house people. Oh, she definitely would. Yeah. Yeah. Don't want to be distraction. I will give more details. It's not being canceled. It's just being postponed, which I think we'll, we'll have a killer event in September. Yes, we will. Shelly, another thing that I wanted to talk about is you sent me a Parks Canada job that talks about going and working on a remote island that's full of wild horses. So what's your thought? Is that your dream job? (laughs) No. Do you know... It's called Sable Island, and there are all kinds of wild horses, and Parks Canada actually manages that island. And I think for some people, it would be their dream job 
Not for you and me, maybe, but there is absolutely a job out there for everyone. I was looking at the details. You work for Parks Canada and there's shared accommodations that you're living with other people while you're on the island, which no, thank you. I'll pass on that. I'm past (laughs) that point in my life. And I don't. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. People that love horses and that challenge. Yeah, maybe when I was 19, 20, that would be a dream job. I'm just not at that point. But if anyone is looking for that, please do go look at Parks Canada Job Board because it is posted and they are hiring. Let's jump into the news. I know you're dying to talk about this. This is breaking news. It won't be breaking news by the time this is released. But Veritone, who is the owner of Pando Logic, acquires Broadbean. And let's take a step back. Yeah. Last week, we talked about Career Builder selling off a big portion of their company to a company called Carrera. Then we got the news that Pando Logic was laying off 50% of its workforce. And our friend Terry Baker was no longer going to be the CEO. And I made a prediction that Pando Logic would be buying. Broadbean, which is true, Veritone, the parent company. So it happened. I'll give you a little bit of the details. The value of the transaction is $52 million in cash. It is expected to close in late Q2 or early Q3. Veritone introduces Veritone HR Solutions and it combines Pendologic product and service with Broadbean. The other announcement in here is Alex Forlis, who is the president of Broadbean, will step into a new senior leadership role with the combined company after the transaction closes. I think we're just waiting for that announcement. He will become the CEO, is my guess. Broadbean is is really big in Europe, and they tie in with job boards and ATS. They're the job distribution portion that works to send the jobs to multiple different places to make sure that you're getting the traction. I was surprised by this. They drive around $30 million in revenue and the margins are really good. So with this acquisition, it's a very profitable part of the career builder business. Surprise, Shelly. Well, do you remember when Veritone first bought Pandologic and everyone was going, who the hell's Veritone? Yes. What are they doing in the HR space? There was nothing else in their portfolio around HR tech. Now they're actually rebranding themselves as Veritone HR Solutions. But yeah, it's really interesting to watch for sure. In other, I guess, pretty bad news, the DHI Group, who is the parent company of Dice, which is one of the OG job boards in the world, where our friend Jeff Dickey Chasen started, I think as their marketing manager, they announced layoff of 10%. It looks like they have anywhere from 400 to 800 employees. It's not massive. 10% is usually just tightening up the company itself. But I was a little bit surprised because Dice is one of the rare job boards that actually had revenue increase in their last earning call. A little bit surprising, but not surprising with everything that's going on in the industry. Yeah, I don't know much about Dice. So the parent company, DHI Group, they also own Clearance Jobs. What a horrible name. Who the (laughs) hell sat around and thought that would be a good idea? to call a job board clearance jobs. Geez, I can't wait to sign up. (laughs) Anyways, they should call a new branding company or something. Listen, I saw an article 
that I had to forward to you. And I know you were kind of like, what? So one of the things I follow is changes in employment law. Here's a big attraction factor for women to go work for the federal government. They have mandated supplying feminine hygiene products at work. So you and the girls should probably move to Ottawa and all get jobs working for the federal government because you'll be bankrupt, man. Like four women in your house. Oh my God. You know, reading this initially, any federally regulated employer is part of this. And I think providing it and having easy access to it for women is a great benefit. Like should I've have always been. Yeah. It should have always been. I've always said it's just like asking if we should supply toilet paper in the bathroom. I actually found it surprising that it took until 2023 to make this mandatory. Like, why would it be optional? Is toilet paper optional? No. (laughs) Shelly, I can tell you one thing. If men were bleeding from anywhere, these things would be all over the place like (laughs) 40 years ago. So (laughs) I know it's astounding. It's astounding. I think it kind of shares how important it is to have women in leadership role because men in leadership role would never think of this. It never occurred to me at all. What's the actual cost of this? It's minimal compared to where money is spent federally in the grand scheme of things. A great benefit. We have to include hand soap too. Like seriously? No kidding. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Toilet paper, hand soap, all of these things. This is very equal to it. Yeah. Moving on to our next article here around summer jobs. If we look at this year compared to last year, so this is the danger when you do those year over year comparisons, because this report came out from the Financial Post that was saying there are fewer summer jobs because the economy is slowing. Well, it does feel that way if you're just doing year over year comparisons. But it went on to say that summer job postings are actually 55% higher than they were in 2019, while internships were also up 18% within that year. What my message would be is that always take a close look when you're looking at these reports, because trying to compare stuff to last year is bananas. It was a, a unicorn year. Yeah, well, I think you're bang on. Last year was very normal with the job market, and we started to see a slowdown at the end of the year. But if you think about this time last year in the recruitment space, it it was absolutely insane. It was almost impossible to fill a role. And I agree with your point, but the one thing that we have to be aware, and this is maybe it's a trend, right, from 2020 and on, we are definitely seeing a slowdown but to compare those numbers to 2019, we're still in a really yeah, good spot. Yeah. So no doom and gloom here. No so, doom and gloom. I got a good tip of the week. Just a tip. <laughs> God, every time I hear that on Chat and Cheese, I swear they play that soundbite on every episode. They like, do. Honestly. They never credit me for it, though. I know. That, I'm pretty I upset by that, but it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Well, Maybe the royalties will come rolling in someday. So the tip of the week is this, to post or not to post on a long weekend. The tip is post after the long weekend. No one is looking for and applying for jobs 
everyone is thinking about the time they get to spend with family and friends. So hold off. Don't bother posting before a long weekend. Post after. That is our tip of the week. I love that tip, and I will go a little bit further. The data is very clear that posting jobs on Friday, it's a waste. You're not getting the attraction because job board traffic goes dramatically down on Friday afternoon, Saturday, and Sunday, and really picks up on Monday. So if you want to appear on top of searches or on top of the cert page, post Monday morning because you will get a lot more eyeballs. Unless so- Monday's a holiday. Oh, unless Monday is a holiday. Exactly. Then wait till Tuesday. Yeah. Post the day after. Perfect. Let's jump into the recruiting insights. And there's been an article here in Canada that's been creating a bit of a buzz. And it's a report from Stats Canada. What they're suggesting that the claim of labor shortage in business are not accurate, particularly for jobs that require a higher level of education. Let me break it down for you. There was 113,000 job vacancies requiring a bachelor's degree or higher by the end of 2022, but there were 227,000 unemployed people with that level of education. The high number of vacancies is thought to be due to pay and skills mismatch. And I agree, there's a massive, we've talked about this. It is a skill Mm -hmm. mismatch, 100%. So some professionals believe that the real issue is not a shortage of qualified applicants, but rather the wage that's being offered is just not attractive enough for the level of candidates they're looking for. Some others are suggesting that business may be intentionally keeping wages low and tolerating high vacancy rates, especially for low-skilled jobs. I want to hit this. Do you think this is true? Do you think companies are okay with these roles just being posted and not filled? If we can get someone for minimum wage, great. If we can't, we're just going to keep it open. Do you think this is a real issue? I don't. I don't. Where there's a skill mismatch is more where you started to talk about 113,000 vacancies requiring a bachelor's degree. Yet there's 227,000 unemployed people with that qualification. But the mismatch is you could have a bachelor's degree in political science, but what we need is a bachelor's degree in accounting. Okay, well, there's a mismatch. I don't believe that businesses will tolerate high vacancy rates. I do believe, however, though, that they are doing everything in their power not to increase wages. Because wage increases are forever. You can't roll them back. I kind of tweeze this apart to say, if you can tolerate high vacancy, then do you really need to fill those jobs for low skilled work? I would say not. I 100% agree. And someone mentioned to me being like companies are purposely just not filling roles because they were maximizing profits. In my head, the first thing I thought of well, if they're maximizing profits without the headcount, do they ever need the headcount? That's how business exactly. runs. There's a couple other points that I'm going to highlight. Some believe that businesses are not valuing candidates properly during the recruitment process. They're spending too much time seeking all-star candidate instead of hiring individuals with quality traits and investing time in developing these candidates into top performers. Sure, I'm sure that's happening. Everyone wants to hire the best candidate. And when we talk about 
these business that want to hire a grade type of candidates, but in reality, their business is a C grade. Well, A grade candidates don't want to go work for a C grade company, so they can wait forever. They're just never going to get that talent unless they're willing to overpay dramatically. I'd like to chime in on this topic because I see it all the time where hiring managers or companies believe that, well, what if there's somebody better? Rather than just hiring good people and developing them. They will wait. They'll say, well, what if somebody applies? That's why the jobs remain vacant. Is it a chronic problem? I don't think so. There are organizations who they've always got recruiting FOMO. Don't close the job because what if somebody applies? Okay, we've had the job open for two years. Nobody's going to apply based on what we have to offer and what you delusionally think that we must have for this job. 100%. 100%. It is a recruitment process problem. It really is. The next one that we should talk about is immigrants in Canada with higher education face harsher competition and scrutiny in finding jobs compared to lower skill immigrants who can start working immediately in a market where companies compete for their time. Highly educated professionals are seen to be underemployed in Canada with too many people having degrees and not enough jobs available at the equivalent level of education. What's your first thought on this? Well, we're just saying the same thing over again here is you say you need a bachelor's degree to do this job and people with bachelor's degrees are applying, but it's a mismatch. And the study that we talked about a few months ago, I think it was out of New Brunswick that showed new Canadians were facing discriminatory barriers because they weren't recognizing their experience from their home country, which is absurd. It's just absurd. It is bias, pure and simple. What they're not saying here is that there's still a lot of hiring bias. And I think there's two points here, right? Immigrants coming into Canada with the accreditation in a different country. I disagree with you on that point. I think there is some level of bias. You can't expect it's not tit for tat, right? And we talked about this. You worked in a bank in Saudi Arabia and working here is a difference. But how do we get those? The profession matters. Yes. There's things that we can do to get them trained up in Canada and we can get them in the workforce. So I think there's a little bit of a gap there. But I think one of the biggest challenges here is, yes, highly educated professional are unemployed here. But then you flip it underemployed. You flip it to trades, right? We have demonized trades. We have demonized anything that is not a university degree. And we have purposely sent our youngsters in the wrong way. And now we are in a position that We don't have enough trades, and it's a major issue that we're going to keep going. The parents from the 80s and 90s bear a little bit of responsibility here across the board. Do you agree? I blame video games. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a little bit, right? The last point on this article that I want to put out. So the report suggests that if there were truly a labor shortage, business would either increase wages or try to replace work with machinery. Neither is happening. This suggests that many employers are content with the current situation despite complaints about a labor shortage. Let's leave on that point. Do you agree, disagree? Sometimes you just like to complain. You can solve it. If you really want to solve it, you can. It's that simple. I think it's a very valid point that Hey, if they want to fill roles, you pay more and it's going to happen. Or if you can't do that, 
build the automation to do it. True. Shelly, I want to talk about employer review sites. We have a couple of very interesting articles that came out, one on recruiting brain food. Then there was a link to another that really went deep into what they call, I guess, the paid review or black market. Wanted to give you the key highlights of of the article because there seems to be a trend on employer review sites. The biggest ones that we know are Glassdoor and Indeed, but there's a ton of other ones out there as well that are probably dealing with similar challenges. Basically, this gentleman starts talking about what companies are doing when there's massive amount of layoffs. Because anytime that you do layoffs, your Glassdoor reviews are probably going to start going down. That's their only way to vent in a lot of ways is to go on a review site and share their feelings. And we've talked about this for years. You go on to review if you're very happy or you're very pissed off. There's an emotion that is driving it each way. But Shelly, did you read this article? I did. I read it a couple of times and I really felt it was a balanced article because I have worked at companies where they watch their Glassdoor ratings very closely. Your Glassdoor review is something that's also watched by your shareholders, by the board members. Reputation is important. And so I get it and I've seen it firsthand. And so to increase the rating, I know there is some practices where HR gets people to do a review when they're happy, they're still in the honeymoon phase, and actually encouraging them to try and keep their rating more balanced. So this study, though, I thought was super interesting because it proves out that there can be some what appears to be manipulation of the rating, because he took a snapshot of June of 2021 to May of 2022, where they had an average 3.5 rating, 81 reviews. And then in June of 2022, to May of 2023, they had 83% of their ratings at a five star. Okay, wait a minute. What happened? Like, how could you go from such an unhappy workforce to a delighted workforce. It just can't happen. It would be a case study for the entire world to watch. Like, how do you do this? So it did raise suspicion about the authenticity of these ratings or removing negative ratings. It's got to be one of two things, right? This article, again, what I appreciate, it's a balanced approach because you can ask Glassdoor to review ratings. There are community guidelines. You can go and say this particular rating is defamatory or maybe it's the same person. They're disgruntled, right? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things on that company. So when they received more than six times the number of five-star review than in the previous year, 12 out of the last 25 reviews were exact copies of each other. Basically, 50% of recent reviews are spam. What's interesting about this article is when it comes to removing, there's a lot more initiative from Glassdoor if you are a paying customer. And I've seen this firsthand. I've seen sales pitch from Glassdoor that if you pay us, we can help you remove those reviews. They don't go in detail how those reviews are, are removed. But I think there is some manipulating going on a little bit. And obviously, 
to your point, I think it's very important for a lot of organizations because I've worked in organizations and part of my goal was to increase reviews. And I did it exactly the way you said. I went to what I thought were happy employees and be like, hey, if you're open to it, would you mind putting a glass door review? Not instructing them how to do it or what they should say. And I think that's a very valid practice, in my opinion. I don't see anything wrong. You want to balance out the reviews. Then we found another article that really digs in deeper to what I would call the underbelly of fake review sites that we've heard about on the product side for years, right? Google reviews, you can go on Reddit, find some channels on how to do it. You can hire people on Upwork, maybe not Upwork, but Fiverr, definitely. That will work for you to add reviews and how they do it is to have thousands of different IP address and they create all these email address that makes them eligible to put in a review on the site directly. Were you surprised by that? Because you're a little skeptical that this is actually happening. So under the title of online reputation management services, I mean, it's an industry. It is an industry, online reputation management. Do they go so far as to outsource to bot farms or something where they are paying for reviews? Google reviews could be. You look at a plumbing company review and how is it that they've got 60,000 five-star reviews? Yeah. Does that seem legit to you? Like a local Calgary plumbing company with that many reviews? meaning they fixed the toilet in 60,000 homes, kind of is suspect. Uh, I would raise say. my eyebrow a little bit when you see that many reviews. You got to look at it in, is it balanced? Does this make sense? And I loved that this did surface something and it was proof positive. This is not fake. This isn't made up. They showed right in this article where it's the exact same word for word review And they're paced out at 21 days. That sounds an awful lot like intentionally misleading, which I don't know if we want to group everybody who's in online reputation management services into that category. There must be something driving this. And especially if you're a public company or you're early stage, mid-stage startup, you've got investors and you see your review dropping. You need to do something. But I think there's a right way to do it. And then there's a nefarious underground economy of paying somebody $35 to write an original post. I think you're right. And I don't correlate them together because I think there is legit companies that their role is to remove bad reviews, right? They take it on for you as a company and they charge if they can get that review removed. Which happens, I think their success rate, they said, was around 75% of removing bad reviews. I'm not sure it's the same online reputation management services that are hiring farms somewhere in India to post fake reviews. You had a really good point because as a startup, especially if you've got deep financing, the talent that you bring in is so critical. If that talent goes on your Glassdoor page and sees that you're a horrible place to work, you're probably not going to be able to attract it. So they try to figure out a way how to scam the system. But it raises the question... Are online employment review sites legit? Is there a place for it? And I'll tell you, AI makes me very nervous because one of the examples they put in there is it actually creates a really good review. Just be like, type me a positive review about this company. And the example is better than what these farms are doing. I don't know, Shelly. I'm starting to think that 
this world might be going away. Well, okay, there's another prediction. Okay, we'll mark that down. (laughs) It may very well be. I don't trust them as much. I rarely trust the product review ones because like going Canadian Tire and look at reviews and products, I'm like, this is obviously fake. So do I trust those product reviews? No, I have trusted the ones from Glassdoor and Indeed and all the other sites. But this starts to make me wonder, I'm like, should I be trusting this? Is it real? I don't know. I think it will erode confidence, certainly consumer confidence on product reviews especially if you fell hook, line, and sinker and ordered those online shoes. (laughs) Because I read the reviews and people were like, oh, I walked all through Europe in my one pair. And so I I ordered them and I'm like, these are no better than anything you could get at Sport Check. But I fell for the hype and great reviews and testimonials. And yeah, it will cause you to doubt and maybe take a little closer look. At, at how much you're being targeted for certain things as well. Do we have time for one more recruiting insight, Serge? Yes, please. Okay. We talked the last couple of weeks about the CIA recruiting and looking for spies. And so in my quest to stay on that theme, found a shocking job ad that was placed in the UK with a promise of UK citizenship for former service men and women. So long as they came from the Middle East, North Africa, recruiting directly to those countries to come to Britain and then ship them off to the war in Ukraine with the promise of citizenship. What do you think of that? Yeah, I'm going to put this job ad in our show notes because I think it's fascinating. I've never seen it and it's very clear. All worded exactly. We invite citizens from Middle East and North Africa to participate in a voluntary program to assist Ukraine on a competitive basis. Military specialists with good health are required to participate in Ukrainian counteroffensive. Participants must understand all risk and sign a waiver of claims. Conditions, high contract payment. It says 20,000 pounds. I don't know what Lent that is. And after the contract expires and compliance with requirement is verified, accelerated citizenship in the UK or EU is guaranteed. Wow. Cool. Wow. Okay. Or not cool. I don't know. (laughs) I thought it was like so bizarre. Just wanted to share that with you as a little bit. Yeah, we were talking about dream jobs. I don't know if I would like this job more or the one on the island with all the wild horses. I don't know. I think I'll take wild horses. (laughs) Yes, I'll (laughs) take that one too. Perfect, Shelly. Well, another great episode. Thank you so much. And we will talk again soon. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.